running with Maverick and Wolfman. We're here with a special guest, Jim, who just completed the Chicago Marathon. Welcome. Hey, hey guys. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I, I just wanted to say right off the bat, I listened to you guys during my training. Love it. Excellent. Thank you. You guys have a good show. Thank you. Oh, and, and by the thank way, uh, Maverick, when you started your last show about the listener that said about the long run being a function of the weekly distance rather than the race itself, that was me. Very good. Sweet deal. Appreciated the input because I was worried about that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. I was like, you know, it's it just seems like. It seems like it's too regimented. People keep saying 20 miles, 20 miles, 20 miles. I'm like, what? what's that about? Honestly, I, I don't believe that. Uh, the, the longest run that I did for Chicago was 16. I did 316, and I also did a 15-miler. I used the Luke Humphrey Hansen method of training, and Rather than bulking up with a lot of mileage on one day, like a 20-miler, do like a 10-miler on a Saturday, 16-miler on a Sunday, and then do you know five, six miles on a Monday. Typically, you, you get more mileage in doing it that way rather than the 20-miler, and then your legs are trashed and you can't run on Monday at all. That's good news for me. And I, that, that <laughs> seems to work for me. Jim, I just was wondering, how many years have you been running? Oh, that's a that's a good question. So I'm 58, and I started running when I was in junior high. So that was like right around the uh, late 70s. Ran in junior high, ran in high school, I ran in college, I ran for Kutztown University. Ran a little bit after college, and then I took some time off, and then uh, got back into it maybe 25, 28 years ago. And what's your fastest mile? My fastest mile in college was a 405. Jeez. No, I'm sorry. That was my 1500. Uh, Either way. So that, That's smoking. <laughs> Very good. Very good. What piqued your interest in, in running in junior high? Well, my older brother, he had run track. So we were always involved with track and field and try all these other sports when you're growing up. I really like basketball. I wasn't that good at it. I didn't, wasn't that good at baseball. Running seemed to come fairly natural to me and I had some success early on and I really enjoyed it. And that's, I just kind of stuck with it. The Chicago marathon, what number marathon was that for you? That was number seven. seven. That was my seventh. And that was in a lottery system. It was the first time I tried for Chicago. I said to my wife last fall, I said, uh, I said, should I try to get into Chicago or New York? Well, she said New York. So I did both. And Chicago is kind of like a fallback. And I did not get into New York in their lottery, but I got into uh, Chicago. With It's funny you say that because Wolfman's wife was giving him a hard time about not running New York when he got in. <laughs> that, that is a fact it is one thing i do regret i should have just done it i heard that's a pretty pretty difficult course yeah i heard uh, it's fun 
How was Chicago? Was that fun? It was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's the first time neither my wife or I had been to Chicago. So it was a totally new experience from that. All the bad things that you hear about Chicago, we didn't see, but 47,000 people coming into the city to run. The area that we stayed in, which was called the Loop, which is like right downtown, we went out, walked through downtown, no issues. I wasn't concerned at all about safety. The uh, L had to stop right by our hotel, so it's really easy to get around. It's kind of like New York City where it's laid out in a grid and it's easy to figure out. Our hotel was like three blocks from the starting line and, you know, a little bit more than that from the finish line. So everything was in walking distance. We didn't have to have any buses take us to the starting line or transporters from the finish line. So in that way, it was really nice. It was unbelievably well organized with 47,000 people going in, into the expo and get numbers. It was really easy. I listened to the drop podcast also and they had a shakeout run on saturday morning so i walked over and met with them my wife walked with me she hung around in the park while we did the shakeout run so it was really nice i'd like to go back to chicago again sometime just to visit i was able to watch it and uh, it was very it was great i couldn't believe how well organized it was with that many people and they just showed the the footage with just tons and tons of people. And I, it was amazing that everyone was going to get to where they need to be at the right time. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just imagined 47,000 would be crazy, but it actually was really done really well. What was your preparation like, Jim? So I used an 18-week plan for my preparation. And to say that this was a smooth buildup would be as far from the truth as possibly can. I started with one particular plan. And I was able to do the speed workouts, but when I would turn around and two days later try to do a marathon pace workout, I just couldn't hit it. So after a couple of weeks, I adjusted my paces on both of those on the speed workouts and also on the marathon pace workouts. That still wasn't working. I adjusted them again. That wasn't working. So I went to a different plan that was the same concept, but kind of backed off a little bit of the workouts, had to adjust the paces again. Finally got something in like beginning of August, middle of August, where I was comfortable with, uh, with what the paces I was doing in the workouts and how the workouts were structured. I was actually listening to an interview with Lou Comfrey, the guy that does these plans. And uh, he was saying about in these plans and these workouts that you got to make sure that you're not just surviving the workouts, but you're thriving in the workouts. And what was happening was I was just, I was doing what I could to survive. I wasn't thriving. So once I made some adjustments, then then that worked out. You said, or he recommended backing off the distance or whatever seemed to work. So last summer, I was diagnosed with a significant blockage in my carotid artery. It was 98% blockage. So I had emergency surgery done to remove this blockage. And I was only given the clear to start running again a year ago so i was i was out for like two and a half months 
my fitness just wasn't where I thought it was. And so I had to adjust right. the paces to try to meet where my fitness level was. Wow. Did you do any cross training or anything? I did not. And that, that is something that I wish I would have done more of. But honestly, I was pretty exhausted from trying to survive during the training. I just didn't have the energy for it. Gotcha. But that is one thing that I am definitely going to add into the next marathon that I do. Is some cross training and strength training. Is the plan to do another marathon next or to do some other racing first? Uh, I'm going to do some other racing first. So I, my plan is to do a half marathon in the spring. I haven't figured out which one yet because I just don't want to do this training in the winter. Like I don't want to run in the snow <laughs> and in the cold for a marathon in the winter. And then to do wine glass next fall. The full? Yes. Yeah. And an attempt to qualify for Boston because when I run the wine glass next fall, the way they have the qualifying set up for Boston, I would actually be going under the 60 to 65 criteria rather than the 55 to 59 criteria, which okay. is a significant difference. Yeah. Like right, right now is three. So my age group right now is 335. And the 60 to 64 is 350. Hmm. Wow. That's that's a that's a big jump up. Yeah. Good deal. Have you done Boston before? I have not, no. And that was that was part of the problem. Like originally I was training for a 330 marathon at Chicago, and I just I couldn't do it. Right now, I would just be happy to to complete a marathon. So <laughs> I mean, you could attest to this too, Jim, but finishing one is a feat in itself. Starting one, starting one is an accomplishment. Well, so I went from a year ago being cleared to, to run the first and uh, the first run I did back, I was like, like, I'm not doing this again. Like this is re like, it was, <laughs> it was a struggle. And, you know, I slowly built myself back and I, I was struggling in the runs this summer, five, six mile runs. I'd have to stop and walk. And for me, this marathon was more about the journey to get there than it was itself. I ran a 428. I'm okay with that. Like I wanted to go faster. I was shooting for four. Uh, and that's a whole nother story. We can get to that in a second. But <laughs> so I ended up with 428, but I'm like, you know, I'm here. I did it. You know, with, with what I went through the past year to get to this point. And I tried to tell my athletes on the track team, it's about the process. The season is a journey. I read this quote one time and said, a man who loves to walk is going to walk further than a man that loves the destination. And this whole thing to me was about the journey. Whatever I did in Chicago was whatever. But just what I had to go through to get to here, I'm good with the 428. And like you said, it's... To finish one is is amazing. To get started and train for one is a completely different animal. Yeah. So other than your time goal, did you have other goals? Not get shot. <laughs> <laughs> Not crap myself. And to finish. Those those were my three goals. So I, I came away with all three goals. So I was pretty happy with that. Very nice. Well done. Well done. That, that kind of reminds me of when 
John Cruck faced Randy Johnson and Johnson threw at it like way up by his head. And then they asked Cruck after he struck out what his goal was. He said, I just wanted to survive. And, and I did. So I had a good at bat paraphrase, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So my goal, my goal is to run like uh, nine minute miles. It was all geared towards that. So they tell us there in Chicago, because of the tall buildings and within the first half mile, you run under a tunnel that your GPS is all messed up. Don't even try to follow huh. the GPS. I had listened to a couple podcasts and they said this at the expo also, find pace group. That is what you want to run. So I'm standing in the corral and 355 pace group was right there. And it's like, well, that's 858 per mile. It's like, all right, I'll just kind of hang out with these guys. So we get up to the starting line. We were in a second wave. So we started a half hour after everybody else. So we get started and they take off. The pace guys take off. And a half a mile, I never saw them again. Like the rest (laughs) of the race. And I knew they were going too fast, like by just by the feel. Like they're yeah. this is not the pace I want. So I backed off of yeah. I went out too fast. Yeah. And I was doing great. 16 miles. I felt pretty good. I had a hamstring issue. My hamstring didn't bother me at all during the race, but my hips locked up. And I, I think it's because of the hamstring. It, it just locked up. By by mile 18, I'm like, this is gonna be a long last eight miles. <laughs> and then we ended up running through 29 neighborhoods of Chicago. And wow. two really cool neighborhoods was Pilsen. And I mean, it was just a party. You run through Pilsen and they just, they had a DJ going and they had cheerleaders out and just people four or five deep along the sidewalk in this neighborhood, just cheering you on. It was, it was so great. And Chinatown section was pretty good too. That's awesome. Some some guy gave me uh some guy gave me rice crispy treats <laughs> in uh, in Chinatown. It was the prepackaged one. I grabbed two of those. I ate those later on in the race. So, <laughs> but, anyway, but <laughs> between twenty two and twenty three, Gatorade and water stop. So I, I stopped and walked, and then I tried to start running again. And I'm like, I can't stop. I like I will not get start running again if I stop. <laughs> like I just gotta just muscle through it just just get through it that's wild so i'm gonna steal maverick's question but would you say that's the strangest thing you ever ate on a run oh okay okay yeah so strangest (laughs) thing i've ever eaten on a run maverick loves that question i love the question but i pretend like wolfman loves the question The Rice Krispie Treats that a stranger in Chinatown uh, <laughs> gave me would be one. But, but, uh, it's up there. I, my stomach is very iffy. I'm not I'm not an adventure eater. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know, Wolfman, if it's not from Sheets, I'm probably not going to eat it. <laughs> I, I mean, Sheets is a close second Duncan for me. I agree. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't eat many strange things, but... You know how they have those salt tabs now? That yeah, uh, it looked like it was a couple of those in a baggie laying on the street. I thought about it, but I thought that's the, there's no really good scenario. <laughs> the salt tabs are something pretty popular now. It's pretty amazing the stuff that people yeah. will try to eat during the marathon. 
And then obviously the random handouts that you get from people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have a whole episode on random stuff handed out during the marathons. Jeez. Yeah. And it definitely a whole episode on signs. Oh, the signs are incredible. Yeah, the signs are just awesome. So, like, how much of the race would you say that there is people cheering you on? Like, what percentage? I would say probably about 95%. Like, there was somebody there all the time. The only, the last 400 meters coming down the finish, they didn't have any spectators there. You could buy a ticket to get into the grandstand. But by the time I came through, there wasn't many people left in the grandstand. But uh, other than that, there it was lined the whole way, wow. the whole way, which was great. That's, That's wild, amazing. Yeah, it Chicago comes out big for that marathon. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, like you know big YouTubers in that race as well. Yeah, and yeah, obviously uh, Kiptum, obviously Kiptum set the world record, so it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm taking partial credit for that. <laughs> I stayed out of his way. So I think I deserve some credit for that. Good idea. Yeah. So staying out of the way is a skill that my wife does not really appreciate that I have, but definitely helped for sure. I work on it quite a bit. Yeah. That's funny. You mentioned the GPS. There was a point where the, um, motorcycle or whatever it was next to him the guy on that was actually telling him that he was too quick at one point and it was probably like you were talking about the gps was messed up because they were like having a conversation yeah. back and forth about how quick he was going it seemed like he didn't realize he was going that fast but who knows what he was thinking so they had like 20 aid stations 20 water stops throughout the marathon so literally like one every mile mile and a half so somewhere between uh, 10 and 11 we pass a water stop and there was a DJ there and he c- came on and announced that he had won and set the world record. And I was only at mile like 11 and this guy is like, he's already done. Wow. So he started like, earlier. He did. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> I gave him a head start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At that point you guys were oh, running neck man. and neck. You just started earlier. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> But what I was thinking at that time is like, all right, you know, because they said this time is like, and so I'm like, I'm hoping to get to the half, <laughs> the halfway mark in that time. Like this, this guy is literally running twice as fast as I was. Oh, it's incredible. I know one year at one of the Boston's, I forget which one it was, but one of the top guys, he was on the sideline as I was running through a water stop. And I thought, well, that's not a good sign if he's not finishing forget which guy it was but he was one of the top dogs i don't even know if he was sweating at that point and we're it was deep in the race well, <laughs> it's incredible that um the the guy won it he was jumping around afterwards like literally jumping <laughs> afterwards i mean i guess after he set a world record he'd be kind of jumping too but i mean he was literally jumping up even like when kipchoge finishes like he's just like walking uh, yeah around, yeah giant, you know dude i mean you just ran <laughs> Ran 26.2 miles, like, and you're just jumping around. But, I'll, I'll uh, be the first uh, first world record setter that they have to take off the pavement. That's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they asked him after Chicago Marathon, at what point in the marathon did you feel pain? And he said, I didn't. 
But he was running like 185 miles a week. Right. We were talking about that. That mileage is crazy. Yeah, didn't you say it was like 25 miles a day or something? That's like what that? I read was somewhere around yeah. 25 a day. Wow. See, and this this is where the super shoes are really making an impact in the training. Me as a 58-year-old, why do I wear super shoes? Is mainly for the recovery. Like I know I'm not getting any speed out, but it's taking a lot of pressure and stress off of my legs, and I'm getting to recover better. They're saying that the super shoe gives you 4% gain. So it kind of makes sense to have it if you can find one that works for you. Sorry, Wolfman. I I know you're hoping for the opposite. I I know you you (laughs) talked about you talked about his like vibrant with a carbon plate. (laughs) That would that would be painful. (laughs) It would be worth it would be worth the video though. We could make a video about it. It'd be hilarious. (laughs) I I wore the I wore the guinea pig. I'll do it. I wore the Saucony Endorphin Pro 3s. That's what I wore for the marathon. And why did you settle on those? It's a good cushion shoe, and it's got some great response. I wore them whenever I would do the marathon pace workouts during the buildup. I wore them on my 16-mile runs. So I didn't just get the $250 pair of shoes to run in one race. Are so they still usable? Oh, yeah. I've heard people the coast they get like 300 miles on a pair of the endorphin pros so i have like 150 maybe on it and i'm gonna run a couple other races this winter and then when the half marathon comes into spring i'll get a, a new pair jim thanks so much for joining us and i'd love to have really, you on again because yeah, i feel like we just got started with our conversation i really appreciate it hey guys thanks for listening to running with maverick and wolf man Jim, thanks for being on the show, and thanks to all those who put on such a great Chicago Marathon. Congratulations to all those that ran the Chicago Marathon. If you're enjoying the show, please like and share on Facebook, follow on Instagram, and support the show. Thank you to all those who have supported the show already. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the hosts or the management. American Wolfman, running out. I'd like to give a shout out to John and Marina, who recently completed the Atlantic City Marathon. Way to go, you two. Also, special congratulations to Marina for making it into the MU Hall of Fame.